there, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. Back after a couple of weeks, I've been on holiday for a couple of weeks, but I did watch the games. I, I didn't desert the games at all. So, two very good wins, one very lucky uh, in the last couple of minutes, but two wins nonetheless. And now, another one to talk about before the big game against Manchester United as well. May I have a United fan on a bit later on. Uh, hopefully, we will to get his side of the story on what he expects from uh, the game. But for the meantime, Spurs fans, Spurs fans, Spurs fans, three of them, all been on before, great guests as always. Hass, how you doing buddy? All good, thanks Chris, it's been a while since I was last on your show, it's a pleasure to be back again. Um, oh, yeah, it's to good to have you on. back buddy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Justin, how you doing buddy? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, I was going to say, I said uh, similar to Hass, I said at the beginning it's been a, it's been a while, so I'm pleased I've been able to, to find the time and say I've, uh, I've yeah. enjoyed the show, so it's good to be back on. Yeah, all, th- all three of you guys quite busy, so I appreciate you coming on as always. Mark, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, I've probably been even longer than these two, I'd have thought, since I've been <laughs> on. But um, yeah, mate, it's always a pleasure to come on and when I can find the time. So it's always good to talk yeah. about Tottenham. Uh, always a pleasure to have all three of you on. And uh, yeah, thanks to everybody in the chat. Got a couple already. Eugene, how you doing, buddy? Uh, and Bobby K, how you doing? Appreciate all the comments coming in. Keep the comments coming in. Hit the likes and the subscribe if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell. We're live, so we're live on Mondays uh, this time and Fridays 12:30 p.m. But hit that notification bell. You don't have to remember that. You get a notification whenever we go live. Uh, but like I say, I have been off for a couple of uh, weeks, so I haven't been up to date in terms of doing shows for everything. So instead of the games, I'm going to talk about uh, the horrific news about our fitness coach, Jan, uh, passing away. I'm sure that was all talked about on other streams and you guys have talked about it already, but I haven't, I've been kind of away. Uh, a complete bolt out of the blue, to be perfectly honest. Uh, the fitness coach really, I mean, you saw in the interview, I think it was before uh, the Brighton game with Conte, he was understandably devastated. And, and obviously the fitness coach who came with him, he's presumably known him for a long, long, long time. And, yeah, complete bolt out of the blue for me. Uh, so I can only imagine what it was like for the players, Conte and the other uh, people at Tottenham. But uh, lovely kind of tributes in, in the games that we uh, uh, did, Has And uh, yeah, I, I know you guys probably already talked about it, uh, but just such a shame. But good that we we did kind of tributes. And, and, and Harry Kane in the Brighton win as well did the little point up to the sky. Hoiberg did the same in the Everton game. So he's very much on their minds. And yeah, I mean... Anything to add to be per- anything to add? No, I, mean, well, I think you just I think to be fair, you just saw how much of an impact that he had. I mean, you you obviously see a lot of fitting tributes that um people put on, you know, about old players, old managers and things like that. But what the club actually put out just showed how important he, he was. You know, let's not forget we all remember the pictures that we saw in pre-season when you know players were just like absolutely dead on their feet after his training sessions and to to do that to to players to and that. then to say, you know you know to have that sort of adulation you you just looked at it and you, you thought wow he's got to wow. think that is so touching what they did and then it was nice obviously they 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 um planted the tree as well um you know in in memory of him so I think it is really good the way they've gone about it and I think Conte was sort of quite taken aback by not just how the club acted but how the fans reacted as well because. They could see how him important he was to what Tottenham were trying to um, achieve and what Conte wanted to achieve with Spurs. 
Yeah, I, I just hope as well the fact that it, the players are pointing up to the uh, sky when they score the goal and, and the impact that he's had. I mean, we obviously want to win a cup or a trophy for ourselves and the players, but it would be lovely, wouldn't it, if we can kind of win a, win something and then dedicate it to, to him as yeah, well. Yeah, that is the uh, kind of thing, isn't it, that would galvanise a squad, yeah. really. Something like that tragic that impacts on the whole squad and team. And everyone behind the scenes as well. That is the kind of thing that bonds people together. So you would hope they already seem like a strong bonded team anyway. But you would hope that that kind of thing would like even enhance that. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. It helps us. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope so. Step. Yeah, absolutely horrendous, horrific thing uh, to wake up to. Uh, yeah, has uh, anything to add on this awful? Yeah, awful I mean. Uh, Ventrone, uh, Gian Piero Ventrone was one of the most respected coaches in Italy, fitness coaches. He's known by everyone in Italy. Uh, it pretty much like a household name and very well respected. So, you know, you can see from the way the players were with him, you can see from the pictures, from the interviews and everything else, they, they grew quite close to him. And that's just the effect that the man had. And to have lost him... Uh, at such a stage, it obviously would have impacted the players to some capacity. But, you know, like Justin was saying, and like Mark was saying as well, you know, it's how the team sort of, you know, uh, bounce back from that, so to speak. And, you know, how, how can they honour his memory? Well, you know, go out on the pitch and, you know, don't let his efforts sort of be in vain, mm. so to speak. But, yeah. RIP to Ventrone uh, and, you know, thoughts of his family and everyone absolutely. else that were affected. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, just horrific news. But, uh, yeah, obviously it's old news now, but obviously I haven't been on YouTube to uh, talk about it. Uh, so just wanted to mention that. But let, let's move on to uh, happier news. So since I've been off of YouTube, uh, maybe I should bug off from YouTube a little bit while longer because we've got two clean sheets, three wins, a European win and two Premier League wins as well. Uh the Brighton win, I thought, was fantastic. Uh, that's generally has a, a place that we kind of don't usually do too well away to Brighton. And at the time, I wouldn't have said this, but now looking back, I didn't feel like we were ever in danger of conceding the goal, really. We kind of had control. And this goes to, and we will be talking about this a lot, I'm sure, it goes to the three in the midfield that we've been calling about. I thought we had so much control in that game, which in previous games uh, with the two in midfield and the three up top, that we've kind of been lacking. We'll obviously talk about that because the Basuma coming on, the the kind of unfortunate event, blessing in disguise, if you will, of Richardson going off, allowed us to get control against Everton and then see the game out and, and, and win the game. But what did you think of the bite? Obviously, it's been talked about before as well. It was last week. But what did you think? Three in midfield, we've been calling for it. He played it, and I thought we, we were superb. We, we could have scored more, probably should have done, but we just got the win, so it doesn't really matter. And then the European game, he goes back to two in the midfield. Yeah, we won the game. We looked a lot more attacking, but we almost threw it away in the end. So, yeah, yeah and then Everton I mean, was half and half. Uh, but, yeah, what do you make of the three in the midfield? And we've been calling for this. Uh, we, as in Spurs fans, maybe not in the majority, but certainly a lot of them. Uh, what do you make of the three in the midfield? Certainly against Brighton for the whole game. I think it's it's what we were calling for for weeks. You know, most fans, uh, whether it was on social media, whether it was talking to someone at work, everyone was talking about it. Three five two, we just didn't have the stability in the middle with 
with the two, as good as Heiberg and Bentenker are, you know, we need that stability sometimes against teams that press higher up and put a lot of pressure on us. So the three-five-two, in effect, who are calling for it, you know, we need that. We need to sort of take one of the attackers off. That's that's the unfortunate part of it. But the extra man in midfield gives us that ability to to release Kane and Son to do their thing. So uh, as it as it stood, as it uh, as it happens, you know, uh, we ground out a very good result against Brighton with the result that we had. Um, and it showed the three-five-two. You know, we we sort of stifled them in the midfield. Son and Kane were playing much higher, you know, where they're supposed to be playing. And for me, going forward, we need to start looking at, you know, utilising that formation more. Yes, 3-4-3 can work, but you need the right personnel with 3-4-3. You know, he was doing that at Chelsea when he had the likes of Kante. Arguably, he can sit back and screen that defence and link up the attack as well. You know, he's that good, but we don't sort of have that sort of player at, at Spurs. So, you know, 3-5-2 is what fits us better at the moment, gives us that stability, allows the front two to play a bit with a bit more freedom. Uh, so for me, it works all the way, you know, and going back to the Brighton game, we showed a lot of resilience. I thought we, sh- we really showed our character and mentality uh, in the face of adversity, obviously, with, uh, with Ventrone uh, passing away as well. So there's a lot of things stacked against us during that game and we came through it against a Brighton team who were firing on all cylinders, you know, scoring goals for fun. Trossard was, you know, dancing uh, around defences and stuff at that point. And um, we we stifled them and got, got a well-deserved uh, three points. And and yeah, same I... with Everton as well. Everton, you know, we, we were 1-0 up going into the second half and um, or in the second half. And they looked like, you know, they were going to hoof the ball forward once Calvert-Lewin come on and everyone else. And we, we we hung on in there towards the end and got the second goal. So, yeah, they're showing a lot of character at the moment, a lot of resilience. And it's a good thing, but we need to build on it 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And Justin, 3-5-2 against Brian for the whole game. Did you think, OK, he's listened, that's what he's going to do now? Or did you think it was always just a 3-5-2 for the game that we were playing and, and then it would go back to the, the three up top for midfield I, for the uh, Frankfurt game? I, do you know what? I, I, I don't... I'd love to work out why it is he is so... I'd love to understand why he is so obsessed with 3-4-3 because... I can understand how he would like if he's got the personnel to do it. You know, if he's got the wing backs that are able to be defensively minded, but also very good at going forward. And OK, if Doherty now uh, fits into it and, and grows and you could see that from the Everton game, how how much Conte was pleased with him. But the, the worry always is, is will Emerson then come back in? Will he drop Emerson, yeah. will drop Doherty and bring Emerson in? You know, for his... It's really got to be down to him what he chooses to to want to to make work. Because if he ultimately wants three four three to work, then he has to have um, Doherty and either Perisic or Sessignon. It's as simple as that. You know, Emerson isn't good enough for that. For me personally, I think Emerson would be more suited to potentially spending the money he has on being a like a centre back. You know, I, you know, he he was a right back. I think um, when he was at Betis and you know at Barcelona, I think he could do centre back. So maybe it would be worth doing that. I I think he could potentially be a, a long term replacement for Sanchez, maybe. But you know, we've seen 
in when you know in the initial part with the Brighton game and and when he changed when Basuma came on in the Everton game, three five two suits a lot mm. of players so much more. You need so much to make three four three work. Whereas as we saw with three five two, Hoiberg had more freedom. You know, we, we saw, obviously, the fact of other players being more relaxed. We saw Son and Kane working better. So, to me, and, and, and the other thing as well is, I do think, even for like the likes of Charleston, though he's injured at the moment, but I think it would suit him as well. He is, although we have under, you know, from what we've seen, he can play across the front three, I think he is more suited up top with, a, with another striker. So, I do feel that there needs to be... You know, either if he is going to go to three four three, then Emerson cannot come on at all. <laughs> um, but if he is going to go to three four three, he has to almost work within two formations. You know, he has to work between. If he's going to go three four three, that's fine. But he needs to be flexible enough to know that he will have to go three five two because oh. Basuma changed the game. I don't think he was playing the match. You know, I said um, uh, when I was talking to Haas um, on Saturday that I felt Hoiberg was. But mm. what Basuma brought was, uh, you know, uh, almost that sort of, I will sit deep and I will play the game I need to. And, and you can just see in the Brighton game, he wobbled a bit. But within the Everton game, it really, he really came into his own with that. And, and I just feel that there are so many players that ultimately it suits better and the thing I think that we have to look at is when the year Conte won the Premier League with Chelsea, he had a, a formation that he went, I think, to Arsenal and he got spanked 3 yeah, 0. Completely that, changed the dynamic. Changed, he changed everything and that it, they went and on it, a 15 game and, it, and there's that feeling to say, I mean, I, I don't know if it will, it would be lovely if it happened for us, but there's almost that feeling to say, is there not a feeling of deja vu here, Antonio? You know, you're trying something that isn't ultimately suited to the squad of players you've got. You know, when you're at Inter Milan, yes, it works. You've got Perisic, you've got Hakimi, you know, you, you had the Kaku there, you had Martinez there, you had the players who were set out to do that. The players that we've got here don't seem to be as comfortable with that. And you do just feel that if he can kind of either ultimately go all out, 3-5-2, and that's what he sticks with, and that's fine. But if he is going to sit, and I mean, he did his press conference today and he talked about the the wanting to still try and work 3-4-3, three, three, he has to realise then that he has to be more flexible because every time I've watched us go 3-4-3, three, three, I don't feel we're comfortable enough. And I certainly mm. don't think we'll be comfortable enough against United. But when no. we go 3-5-2, we certainly seem to be able to be more flexible, more relaxed. And I think we'll be able to stifle the likes of Eris, Ericsson, Casemiro, players like that, especially as we are going to be going to Old Trafford, a, a notoriously difficult place for us yeah. to go. I know we had that 6-1 um, yeah. a few years back, but prior to that and ever since that, we haven't had a lot really. So yeah. I feel it's, you know, it's been good going 3-5-2. I just feel that he either needs to stick with it now or if he's going to go with this three four three, he needs to be flexible enough to know he he may have to change at any moment. Yeah, I think Man United. We'll come on to it a bit later in detail. I think it's guaranteed to be three five two because Kulusevski and Richarlison are both out, and 
Morva's still on the comeback trail. But Mark, in terms of the three-five-two, what did you make of it? And uh, I mentioned one of the players there, <laughs> Kane Son up top, absolutely fine in a three-five-two. Kulusevski comes back; you can't really leave him out. Uh, where does he fit in in a three-five-two, or do you think he's the re- kind of reason, with Kane and Son as well, that he is trying to uh, stick to that three-four-three to to get Kane, Son, Kulusevski all in the team? I think that. Conte thinks that he doesn't have the right personnel or they're not ready, like Basuma, to play the three in the middle. I think that's what it's been because my understanding, I don't claim to be any Italian league expert or Inter Milan expert, but didn't he play three and Martinez and Lukaku up top in a in a three five two? Um that was his preferred he doesn't have like a Barella type player um at Tottenham. I, I think he believes that he hasn't got the personnel to do it. I don't know. It looks better to us, you know, but when he's doing like, it, it definitely changed the game the other day against Everton, for mm. sure. Um, but yeah, Kulazewski, I, I mean, hasn't he said that he thinks that his best position is a number 10? So mm. I think he could play in a three, personally. I think that he could play just, you know, at, at the front of the two, a Hoiber, um, Bentacore, or a Basuma, whoever he went with a skip. Um, we have very. Similar-ish type midfielders. We don't really have that creative spark, do we? Like at Chelsea where they had Hazard or someone like that. We don't have that type of player. I mean, I would love to have seen, well, I can't stand him. I on the pod on Saturday, like a Madison, you know, (laughs) someone like that, that can just get it and he's going to make things happen. We don't have that. Kulazewski, I could see potentially doing that. Um, Like you say, he won't be ready to come back in against Man United. No. Uh, but it if works he could be better. on the bench, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I think on he'll be on the bench and he'll get some minutes. Um, but I, as you say, I don't think... He was talking today in a press conference about Lucas coming back. But I think he's doing that as a bit of a kidology to say yeah. to Man United, like, well, you know, you don't know what formation we're going to play because we might play with Lucas up top. Um, but I think that he will go to 3-5-2. And I look forward to seeing it again, you know, because it has been our, our... We did it against Liverpool last season. We looked... We should have beaten Liverpool playing 3 it gives, you, it gives us so much control. I thought Brighton... Brighton had just come off the back of a 3 all at Anfield. Trossard, hat-trick, game of his life. Uh, them going to... I know Liverpool aren't doing that great, but, you know, going to, to Anfield and getting a draw is, is no mean feat in this day and age. So you'd think they're on cloud nine coming back. And I just didn't think they looked dangerous at all. And and you can put that down to maybe the Lord Mayor show after the, the, the Anfield three mm. all. But I think our three in the middle, we controlled the game. Uh, I think Justin alluded to it earlier. Basuma sits back. Hoiberg, Bentenker, you go and press. I mean, obviously the second goal against Everton was them getting forward. But I think with Basuma back there, it gives them a bit more license to press the midfield and be a bit more uh, proactive and aggressive in that manner because they know they've got some backup behind them. Whereas if they do that in a two and they get skinned, we're, we're in a bit of trouble. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd like to see, I, I can't see anything other than three, five, two against Man United just because of the fact that Charleston is out. Kulisevsky, he's either out or still on the comeback trail and he's not ready for a full 90 minutes. So I can't see anything other than three, five, two and two. Be perfectly honest, if we play four in the middle against Man United, regardless of how they're doing at the moment, we will get skinned. I think now we feel bad. But yeah, Hass, uh, we'll, we'll come on to United, but now we'll come on to United now as we're kind of talking about it. Uh, huge game, huge game. Uh, we're obviously third in the league, Arsenal top. Ooh, Man City have been kind of clawed back. We level with them after their loss. 
Uh, Man United are, are a few points behind us. Huge game, huge game. Uh, but it's do not do not lose game. It's a do not lose game. If you can win, that's a bonus. But how big is the game for you? And in terms of the formation, has to be three five two, doesn't it? We have to pack that midfield out and stop them playing. Ericsson, Fernandez, Casemiro in that middle. They have to be stopped. And three five two, I would assume is the way to do that. Yeah, it's a massive game. Massive game on Wednesday. Um, as you guys alluded to uh, the fact earlier earlier on. You know, we don't tend to do too well at Old Trafford, let alone, you know, Wednesday night under the lights, you know, 8, 8 p.m. evening kickoff, quarter past eight, whatever it is, uh, in a packed out Old Trafford. It's going to be it's going to be a great atmosphere, I'm sure. But um, 3-5-2 has to be the way forward. And at the moment, we've obviously Kulusevsky is injured. Richarlison's out. It's, it's got to be the default formation going forward. And like you said, United have a lot of creativity in that midfield. You know, their their recent performances, you know, been a bit patchy in some games, but you know, the attack, the the the, the threat sort of remains there. You know, they've got the creativity in the midfield and they've got the likes of Anthony now, you know, on the right and Martial and also Rashford. You know, Rashford's also and, hit form and, as well. And don't forget Ronaldo, he always scores against Ronaldo, He's still on their book. Sancho. You know, they, these are all players that can hurt us. You know, they're, they're very pacey players. And then they've got the orchestrators in the middle with Fernandez, Ericsson, Casemiro. You know, if that team clicks together at some point and they start playing according to uh, Ten Hag's philosophy, you know, they'll be a great side to watch for sure. But we need to have our wits about us on Wednesday. We need to frustrate them. We need to frustrate the home crowd, you know, uh, we need to keep them quiet as well. And then we just need to go about our business and defend. Like, we know we can. We know we can defend. But it's just... What what I'm scared of, Chris, is we tend to make two to three sort of lapses. What We seem to have two to three lapses in concentration every game. And most of the time this season, we've been lucky. But with the players that United have, if we make that sort of mistake again, uh, like, you know, the dire mistake and, you know, a loose sloppy pass here and there, because make no uh, bones about it. They're going to press us. They're going to press us. And it's going to come down to one or two mistakes at the end of the day. And if that, if it comes down to that, we will concede. But, um, you know, with, with, with Harry and with Son up top, you know, they, we're always going to be a threat. And I think three five two just gives us, a bit more of a bit more of an edge going forward, rather than a three-four-three, where they'll just they'll they'll just kill us with a three-four-three, you know. No, and it will just so. be we can't soak the pressure against the type of players that they have at their disposal. We just can't, you know. Anthony's too quick on the right. Rashford is is like a scud missile on the left, you know. <laughs> He's just it's it's too much. So we need that sort of we need another great performance from Bissouma. Um, sort of the cameo that he had against Everton, we need him to do that effectively, where he'll sit just in front of the defence and screen the back four, you know, yeah. just marshalling that back four and allowing the likes of Hoiberg and Benton Kerr to sort of get forward and in, interchange with each other. So, I think 3 5 2, the way forward, it's a massive game considering that lot down the road are absolutely on fire at the moment. 
Um, I do apologise. My Amazon's going off on one. <laughs> Alexa's going off on one. Um, but yeah, especially since they've racked up win after win now, we need to just try and stay on their coattails. You know, City losing the other day. Yes, it helps us, but um, you know they're going to be looking to go again, and and we just need to, you know, just keep on their coattails for as long as we can, and then see where we're at at Christmas. Yeah. And like you said, Chris. You know, don't lose the game. Yeah. You know, important thing, away from home, if you can draw your games away from home and then, you know, we've we've already created a fortress at home this season. Yeah. But if we can grab draws away from home and win our home games, who knows where we'll finish. Yeah, and uh, Justin, in terms of the game, uh, obviously, uh, Haas has listed all of their attacking prowess and our defences and uh, that's prowess full, if that's even a word. <laughs> Uh, but they do have their issues at the back as well. With Kane and Son, like we've said, they'll always have problems. If Kulisevsky is on the bench and the game's there in the last 30 minutes, bringing him on with tired players and people trying to go forward, leaving space. Uh, you know. I think. I think how do you think fair, the game? Looking... How do you think the game will go? Now, just very quickly, I think someone on this panel may have put something in the chat. Uh, view from the south stand. Big up, Chris. What a handsome man to your. Big right up, Marlon. Man. Big up, Marlon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, in terms of anybody who who's you know, if Conte was watching anything. And this is why I think we have to go with a three-five-two because of how well it suits us. If you look at what Newcastle did on Sunday at Old Trafford, you know, they were the better team. Uh, they played really well. They stifled their attacks and they had three in the middle there. Sean Longstaff, Bruno Guimaraes and Joe Linton. So three players just sat in there, you know, who, who just bossed that midfield. And really, you just looked at it and the likes of, you know, um, Casemiro, Bruno Fernandes, you know, Fred, who was the, the three that they went with sort of in that sort of middle area, really sort of struggled to, to open up, up the play. And if they are going to go with, which I think they will, because I believe Martial um, is still injured, it'll either be they'll go with Rashford or they'll go with Ronaldo. Now, Ronaldo is 37, but always scores against us. Okay, I think that's just that's a given. You know, night. He, he also day. he also what Ronaldo does is is very similar to Kane. If, if Kane isn't playing for us, defenses must be thinking, oh, we've got a chance here. If Kane's mm. playing against us, we've got to be careful here in defense. Well, I think he's and also even at fact... 37, I think I always worry when Ronaldo plays. Even if he was 62, I'd worry. Yeah, I mean the the thing is with Ronaldo. What we've always seemed to notice is that Tottenham, for some reason, seem to try and give him more respect. <laughs> you know, he is, an, he is an older player now. He's not, you know, the player that he was. He still has the good qualities, and, and rightly, he is getting into the team as he deserves to do so. But the fact is, is that if we are serious about um, keeping... I don't think a title challenge, but if keeping like ourselves in the top four, I think that's going to be so much important uh, this year, like we say every year. But we need to be able to go to places like Old Trafford, where we can see the likes of Newcastle, who don't seem to have any fear, go there and are actually probably disappointed um, to not win the game. 
why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we yeah. going there and believing that we should be winning those games? And that's ultimately down to the mentality that we have when we go to these bigger places. Apart from the Etihad, I don't know what, what it is about the Etihad that we seem to like, but generally when we go to bigger places, we seem to struggle. And this is something that when we come up against players like Ronaldo, we always seem to struggle. And we've got to realise that we've got to be better than them. We've got to go with, I believe, the, you know, um, the three in the middle because that will stifle them. And then Ronaldo will do what Ronaldo does most times, which is have a strop, throw his arms around and not really get involved. And that's one player out of the pitch that ultimately isn't, isn't the end of the world, really, because as much as he's brilliant in terms of taking shots, if you stifle Ronaldo, there's there's not really much left. He doesn't do any tracking back or or anything like that. You know full well what you're going to get with Ronaldo, um, and that is he's going to stay up top, and he's going to you're going to have to play the ball to him, and then he'll do what he can. But outside of that, he doesn't do very little. So, and I think we we saw in the um, in the Newcastle match. So once Rashford came on, that's when they came a little bit more, mm. you know, creative and sort of tried to to, to spread the play. But we've just got to go there, ultimately believing that we are the better team. You know, there are, there are, if you look at how many players they've got, there's not many there that I would actually take as Spurs. You know, that, that's the key part. Possibly the goalkeeper, you know, maybe Anthony, Jaden Sancho, but not in replacement of what we've already got. If you were to try and build what we had, but we've got to be going there and ultimately believing that... We should be winning that game, and three at the mid, three in that middle will stifle United, and will sort of break up the link that they have between the front three and kind of like the middle three. Yeah, what do you think, Mark? How, how do you think kind of United will line up and how the game will go? I, I think Man City attack us at the Etihad. That suits us down to the ground because we can play just a hundred percent counter attacking game. Man United generally is kind of a bit of a a 50-50 game and like Hass said whoever makes a mistake loses the game uh, but yeah and, and like Justin said as well what if Newcastle can go there why not but also if Arsenal are top of the league four points clear why can't we mount, mount a title challenge this year I know we lost there but we're the better team we're better than Arsenal they're just having a good run at the moment and full of confidence and we just didn't turn up at the, uh, at the Emirates but how, how do you see the game going? Do you think it's going to be a barnstorm of a game or do you think it's going to fall to type like it has been and be a very bitty game, both teams trying to work each other out and a mistake is ultimately, if there is a goal, going to decide the game? Uh, I don't think it'll be a barnstorm of a game. Um, I, I have to admit, I haven't watched an awful lot of United, but I do listen to what United fans say. And they're saying that, he, that Ten Hag has done a good job but he hasn't really sort of implemented the style that he had at Ajax. Uh, I did watch the game against Arsenal and they were pretty much, they played in a similar kind of way to us, really. I mean, Arsenal pretty much dominated them and they just took their their chances when they came and went on the counter. Um, I also watched them against Liverpool and I thought they looked good against Liverpool. So I think they've, I don't think they've got a, a particular style yet. I still think they're trying to figure that out under Ten Hag, to be honest with you. So... I mean, I don't really know how, how they're going to set up or how they're going to try and play. Um, I would say Everton were the first real team, I think, that gave us the ball. 
every team that we've had, we, we're, we're quite willing to give up the ball, aren't we? And we all know yeah. that. We're quite willing to sit back, give up the ball, let them come at us. We all know what positions we need to be in. Everton, from my recollection, were the first team that actually played a little bit like us, where they, they, they're not, they're quite happy to not have the ball. Mm. And we had to do something with it, which did, just didn't work at all, did it, in the first half? Yeah. We just didn't know what to do with it. And then we figured it out in the second half when Richardson come off, which is why I hope we set up in the same way. Um, but... Yeah. I don't. I honestly don't know how United will play. It'd be good to if the Man United fan comes on to get his thoughts because from what I'm hearing from their fans, the ones that I listen to, is they don't really have a too much of a style at the minute. It changes from game to game how they sort of play. So it could I be. Suppose that's understandable, isn't it? He's only oh yeah, been no, there absolutely. Handful of months took Potch a little while, but uh, yeah, I've done. yeah. Whereas I think if you've got like um, a Conte who's got, uh, I know that Ten Hag obviously did well at Ajax. But the Eredivisie is a lot different from coming to England. Conte's got his style. Klopp has his style. They come in, they're going to implement it straight away. I think Ten Hag, like you say, it's understandable. He's trying to work out what he's got, what he can and can't do. Um, I don't think he got everything that he probably wanted in the summer, although they spent a shit ton of money again. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I still don't think that he got everything that he wanted. We know that they wanted De Jong who I think was the key to how he wanted to play his Ajax style. And they ended up yeah. with Casemiro, who's a good player. But I don't think he's necessarily the type that they wanted. Yeah. Um, so it's difficult to say how they'll play, to yeah. be honest. I think it's one of them games that Man United fans will be going, Spurs are there for the taking. Spurs fans are going, Man United are there for the taking. I think it's one of them games. There'll be uh, a draw. <laughs> well, I'd, t- I'd take a draw at the I'd moment. i take a draw as well. Yeah, I think it will be a draw. <laughs> If you want to be getting in the top four, winning titles, the, the, the key to it is, like Hass said, win your home games, all of them. Beat the teams below you home and away and away from home against the teams around you. Do not lose. And like we were saying at the beginning of the bonus. season, Chris, as we were saying at the beginning of the season, we were taking points that we didn't get last season. It's the same thing. We lost to Man United twice yeah. last season. So if we get a point, it's a point we gained on last season as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And... uh yeah, let's move on from the United game. We're kind of, we don't really know how that's going to go. But one thing we do know is, unfortunately, this happened. Oh dear! Uh, it's what you don't want to see any player going injured, but certainly one in those front positions. Because now with Kulisevsky injured, Kane and Son don't get vested. Uh, but uh, 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 start with you, uh, Justin. Uh, we'll go with the reverse order. Uh, sorry, Hass, but you did you did put that nice comment up, picking <laughs> yourself up. But um, yeah, uh, Justin, uh, Conte has said he won't be out for the World Cup. World Cup being that it's a month away suggests that it's an injury, but not a huge thing. Uh, he won't be there for the United game. Possibly something like the Liverpool game, which is the last game before the World Cup. But I'd expect to see him at some point before the World Cup, for us, whether it's starting, I'm not sure, coming on just to get his fitness up. But, yeah, I mean, the picture yesterday where you saw him in crutches, I mean, did you fear the worst? And it was completely innocuous. It, no one fouled him. He just pulled up. Uh, how big a blow could it be for this month ahead, month-ish ahead, uh, before the World Cup starts? I mean, ultimately, the, the World Cup is, with all, all due respect, it's, it's down to... Richardson, you know, in, in terms of what he wants to uh, achieve. So, you know, we we have to sort of look at it and think from a, from a selfish point of view, uh, I, I, 
without me sound rude, I couldn't give a monkey's if he's fit for the World Cup <laughs> or not, because it doesn't affect me in, in, in the slightest. Um, you know, with, with that sort of being said, I know that's probably quite harsh, but I think what we've got to look at here is the fact of that, you know, in terms of what we need, you know, ultimately, you know, in a weird way, what I've sort of noticed with Richarlison is, it's how, again, I think he defines how much 3-4-3 doesn't suit us because, and the 3-5-2 does, because I think in a really weird way, it would make more sense to have him up top with Kane and then almost like Son and um, Kulisevsky is almost like inverted wingers, you know, or, or can play out and, and depend on what they do. Obviously, we've seen that Kulisevsky can play as a, as a number 10. So, I don't think it is a massive, massive issue because ultimately, if he sticks with 3-5-2 for the United game, the only sort of real change is that Son plays further wide. Well, that's not a massive issue because he can still push forward and cut inwards. And all that happens is those three, if Son does that, just sort of spread out, you know, and it almost becomes a 3-4-3, a, a three, three, if, if you like. You know, it can be, I think that's one of the things that perhaps we need to take forward is this flexibility, being able to switch between the formations. So as horrible as the injury was, and, and it's good that it isn't so severe, there's two things that I took from it. The first one being is, is that as long as we have a decent sort of, you know, month, okay, whether he's fit or not, we, you know, that that is what we've got to bear in mind. It is only a month until the World Cup and then the January window opens. And, and from what we're being told, the January window is going to be bonkers, not just for us, but for, for every single club, because they're all going to want to have to do loads of business, keep, you know, for fitness and squad depths and, and, and things like that. So I kind of looked at it from that aspect, but I also looked at it as, as we probably have all said, when we went to 3-5-2, we looked so much better. Mm. As soon as he came off the pitch and Basuma came on, and if anybody watched Match Today as well, they, yeah, they highlighted, highlighted that, how they? much of a difference it made when Basuma came on and, and Richarlison came off, which I felt was harsh on some of the other players because I don't think they did too badly. But ultimately, it was almost like it was a blessing in disguise. And it kind of is now almost pushing Conte into a corner because if he really wants to go 3-4-3 three, three against United. And from what he is saying, he doesn't feel that Gunasevsky's 100%. He's going to have to choose either Lucas Moura, who's only just come back from injury himself, yeah. or Brian Hill, who only for a, re <laughs> a few only for a few weeks ago, I, I wasn't sure he even existed. But, um, you know, he, he does. Um, so I, I, I just, I, I can't, if he goes 3-4-3 three, three in the United game, we ain't winning it. It's, it's as simple no, yeah. as that to me. I think he, if he wants to win this game or get anything out of this game, he has to go 3-5-2. You know, Son and Kane up top. Um, and then either playing Perisic or, or Sessegnon on one side um, and playing Doherty because Doherty has offered so much more in one game yeah. than Emerson yeah. has offered since he's been at the football club. Yeah, well, he's on my hit list to talk about a bit later on as well. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, as as I'm sure you expect, because, you know, we all watched the game and all saw who were the good players and not. A couple of comments, Simply Ace. How you doing, buddy? Uh, Charleston will be a miss. Kulisevsky's a bigger miss against Man United. Conte will bring in Basuma in 3-5-2. He was the key to the win against Everton. 
and he's a midfield bully, which is what we need. Uh, for me, uh, uh, Basuma can do everything. And, and Mark, uh, Justin said there, it's a bit harsh on match of the day, uh, uh, singling out uh, Richarlison in a negative way and Basuma in a positive way. But if you want to win things, it's got to be a dog-eat-dog world. Oh, you're injured. That's a shame. But I'm making the manager change the formation so I play every game. Uh, when you come back, you make him change it back. It's got to be a dog-eat-dog world. And, and for me... Regardless of whether it's a five in the middle, a three in the middle, sorry, or two in the middle, Basuma has forced his way in into that Man United starting lineup for me. Uh, but in terms of the injury, were you worried at all? Because for the next month with Kulisevsky injured, we're back to where uh, square one, where Kane and Son have to play every game again for a month. Uh, Here's what I've found. And, and yeah, Alexa's not happy about it either. Uh, but it's yeah. Found but, something. But, it's found a solution yeah. for us. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Kane and Son have to play every game for a, for a month. I'm not sure how many games there are in this month. There must mm. be at least seven. Uh, and then they're going to get fatigued. You, you, we all hope that Kane's going to be playing a, a long World Cup. Uh, but yeah, like Justin says, you know, January transfer window, but there's not a guarantee that we're going to get players in. So what did you stand on on, on Charleston's well, injury when it happened? As you know, you probably know, Um I actually do quite like Brazil. My kids are half Brazilian. I was married to a Brazilian for a number of years. So I've got a bit of an affiliation for Brazil. Um, they're my second team. In effect. I lived there for a year. So, um, But I still don't give a shit. Tottenham come before anything. So, um... <laughs> not a bad way of saving that. You have a way of saving that. I like Brazil, but I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> I don't really care. Um, not a bad he... second team, though. Nice, glory support in uh, Well, you've got to... Uh, England ain't going to win yeah. anything, mate. So, you know, I've got to go with... Like, I had to find myself a Brazilian to try and get some glory in the family. <laughs> Come on. I had to find something. Um, look, he's, he hasn't he come out. He's come out on Twitter this evening and said that he's only out for two weeks. So, yeah, so yeah. we've got five games. We've got five league games left until the World Cup break. Right. So I would have hoped that, you know, he will play some part. Um, but like you say, it is... It's more concern for me for Kane because um, he's the one that is going to be running to the ground, really, I think, because the other ones, Son, the, the two are either side of him. You've got the replacements for in Klozewski, Lucas and Brian Hill, haven't you? Um, yeah, I mean, we, 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 I love Lucas more for what he did with that and other things. But yeah. He entered the level of Kane, Son, Kulisevsky. And, 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 and the impact that Richarlison has made in, in most of the games when he's played this season, he's not at that level either. And then Brian Hill is just... Yeah. I don't, equally, I don't know why he didn't go equally, out alone, to be perfectly honest with you. Equally, Chris, I don't think Richarlison has been... And it's not his fault. I don't think he's been that great on the right-hand side of the three anyway, to be completely honest. And I think I've noticed that... They seem to like running each other's spaces in that formation, which you're not really come on to. Like, and I'm not just talking the front three, I'm talking yeah. all over the park. Like they get in each other's way playing um in that <coughs> Um so yeah, it is disappointing. And like you say, it, in a way it's a bit of a blessing because I think it's gonna get us to see a different formation. Um, as harsh as that sounds on Richarlison. <laughs> um, but it, it's a blessing in the sense that I don't think we've got much choice but to go no. um with the free no, I don't either. United. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's disappointing for a Charleston, but the good news is he's saying two weeks. So yeah. he's going to miss, you know, he won't come back and be ready to go straight away, um, but he can at least sit on the bench. Hold, so. Yeah. And the other thing has as well is uh, with Richarlison, if, if, 
if it turns out in these two weeks, how many games we've got, and there must be about four, three or four, and Conte has completely gone, okay, it's 3-5-2 now regardless. There's going to be no bitching from Richarlison that he's out of the team. He'll be working his way to get back into the team, and he'll be wanting to get back into the team in a 3-5-2 formation, or like, like I said earlier, no, 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 3-5-2 is wrong. You changed the 3-4-3, stick me up top. Uh, but in terms of when the injury happened, very innocuous. I, I don't even think they showed a replay. They just showed him down, holding his foot. Uh, what were your thoughts when it first happened? Uh, and, and are you worried now, being that it's two weeks? It's only two weeks, probably about four games, though, where Kane and Son are having to play every single game because uh, it's likely that Kulisevsky ain't going to be playing a full game. Yeah, I mean, like, like, you, like you said, it was fairly innocuous. No one saw it coming, you know, he just sort of went to ground and, you know, initially everyone thought, had he been challenged, but, you know, it just went down. Um, and it was sad to see him go down. He himself was really upset. You can see yeah. he was quite visibly distressed about it. He'd been he, he thought his room. World Cup dream was over, didn't he? Where well, it's two weeks now, it's all okay. Exactly so I, I imagine gonna, he's probably... Yeah, oh, sorry. that's exactly I what I was going to touch on as well. It's all right, yeah. Um, I was just going to touch on that as well. Yeah. You know, I'll, been... I'll put it from here on that one minute thing, so you don't know and see. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, he he's probably sitting in the dressing room thinking, "How long am I going to be out for?" You know, because he wants to play in a World Cup. He's been a, a big player for Brazil. You know, he's been started ahead of Jesus, but the difference is he's been starting in his more natural position, which is more central. Um, and and with the service he gets from Neymar and etc., you know, he's always yeah. going to bang the goals in but look 3-5-2 we have to go with the 3-5-2 um, we can't bang on about it enough to be honest um, he himself when he joined the club he himself said I want to be able to dislodge uh, either Son or Kane and yeah. be the main guy up top so well, that's what you now, want don't you, you want, that, you you want, want that competitiveness you want that fight you want that belief you want that confidence and, and that will filter through the team that's right yeah so you know, now we get to see what what his what sort of metal he has. You know, what, what are you made of, Richarlison? You know, yeah. three five two. There's only space for two strikers. So come and prove to me that you deserve to be in this team. That you know you are going to be starting ahead of either either Son or Kane. You know, and and that's that's what we want to see. We want to see the competition in the team. And you know, like Mark mentioned earlier on, you know, he hasn't set the world on fire since. He's come over to Spurs. He had a good game in the Champions League where he scored twice against Marseille, uh, which is great. But albeit starting in a position that really doesn't suit him. So you can't really blame him either. But then Conte is trying to sort of fit him in where he can, uh, especially with Kulusevski out as well. And, you know, you, you have to think going forward, hopefully the performances will get better as he's played more in a sort of his his more natural position. But um, I want to go back to uh, Bissouma. Um, Bissouma can be a very important player for us, OK? Uh, in that 3-5-2, sitting behind uh, our regular team. <coughs> you all right there, Chris? <laughs> I off the crack, Chris. Um. Yeah, it's because you didn't make it too obvious, yeah. Chris. That, that was one thing I think. I meant to mute myself. I meant to mute myself. And then when I was explaining myself, I did mute myself. I've been away for two weeks, got cold, leave me alone. You're a bit rusty, Chris. It's all right. You're, you're forgiven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Bissouma, look, he can be a big player for us, you know, important player for us. But the only thing I'd say with Bissouma is he tends to get booked quite, quite early on in the game. And 
if that is the case against United, we can potentially, you know, see him sort of edged out of the game, so to speak. Because when you're on a yellow, you have to be careful. Yeah, I mean, so, Conte will be reiterating that from the start when he, although. Although Brian Daigle did say that when he was at Inter Milan, Mourinho said to Balotelli at half line, I spent 40 minutes out of 50 minutes saying, do not get booked. Do not get booked. One minute in, he gets booked. So it doesn't necessarily go yeah. in. It goes in one ear and out the other. But yeah, he'll be reiterating that surely. Things like that throw, you know, throw all the plans out of the window, you know, back to the scrapbook. Right. What we're going to do now, he's on a yellow. He needs to be careful. Now it means that. Either Hoiberg or Benson, because now got to cover him if he makes a mistake and, and track back, which then, you know, it, it disrupts the rhythm of the team. So we need to make sure he stays clean until at least, you know, half time, second half, um, where if he is on a yellow in the second half, we can look to bring the likes of Skippy in or someone else in to, to cover him. And, and, and that's another thing as well. We've got a skip back as well now, he's been gradually introduced. Uh, so we've got all these players coming back, you know, and now we're starting to see a little bit more squad depth. You know, you'd, you'd like to think Jed Spence, um, you know, it wasn't, it was, it was no coincidence that he came on, albeit for two, three minutes. Mm. And that for me is a sign to say, look, he is going to start, but you need to bear with me because I'm not the type of manager to just throw players into the mix. They have to buy into my philosophy. They have to buy into what the team are doing. And sometimes that takes that takes time with some players, you know. And for me, him coming on the other day was sort of like a little sign to say, look, he's he's getting there, he will play. I'm giving him a couple of well, minutes. Yeah, it's absolutely he got he got a massive cheer, you know, from the crowd. Yeah. And a lot of us, a lot of supporters want to see Jed, you know, starting in the future because he is a talent. You know, against Man United or too early, too big a game for him? I think, for me, I think against Doherty. Manchester United, you have to go with the experience. You know, I think Doherty's done himself uh, a world of good, you know, with the last two performances that he's put in, especially the last one where he, you know, he was fantastic. You know, he's doing what a right wing back is supposed to do. You know, it might not be anything special, but we've been starved um <laughs> of seeing a player in that position play as a right wing-back so much mm. that we've now have Doherty playing as a right wing-back. We're thinking, blimey, this is what we've been missing, you know? So it's not anything special, you know? He's not gone out there and put an outstanding performance in, but he's gone out there and done his job where Emerson hasn't been able to. Yeah. And that's all we're asking for. We we, we just want the, the wing-backs to be able to do their jobs and... You know, get this team ticking. So, you know, good to see Doherty back. I do hope, you know, after the United game, we stick with him. Obviously, if he has a nightmare against United, then that's going to be up for debate. But you yeah, know, long we'll, mate, we'll continue. be talking. Yeah, we'll be talking about Doherty and Spence, maybe Emerson as well. We might not do. We don't want to bring the mood down. I'll think about that. A big shout uh, out to Bobby K as well, by the way. In yeah, the chat. how you Bobby, doing, buddy? I do apologise. I couldn't be on Bobby's show last like, yesterday. I had a bit of a nightmare with with my pup um, being a bit of a gannet and and deciding to swallow a bone and uh, yeah it was a very long day for me so Bobby I do apologise but your puppy I, is fine do. now yeah she's fine she's fine she's um she's back there with uh, with my other one so yeah you haven't let Tom in there have you sorry you haven't let Tom in there have you Oh, uh, we oh, come on we can't start on Tommy whilst he's not on the show but yeah leave him alone Mark he's not here to defend himself from that vile behaviour. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, 
Well, come on to you, Mark. Uh, uh, you can ignore the last part of this. We've already talked about it. But Basuma, uh, the, his best best performance in a Spurs shirt by a country mile so far. He hasn't had many, to be fair, the, uh, against Everton. Although I thought he was a big part of the win against Brighton as well, but obviously not highlighted. More highlighted against Everton because it was not so obvious the change when he came on. But like Hass has said there at the bookings, uh, Everton, like you said as well earlier, give us the ball. So there's very little in terms of the whole time he's on the pitch on hunt, hunting down, chasing down, tackling people. Man United is going to be, a, 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 you've got to think anyway, a world of difference to that. And he's, he is going to have to kind of calm his uh, temper down and, and, and not be too aggressive. But then you want him to be aggressive because you want him to go into the players' uh, what, what do you think? Will Conte say anything to him? Will he say something to himself? Uh, will he go out like a bully in the China shop? Uh, 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 or, or will he just be there to marshal that defence and, and, and let Hoiberg and Bentancur do the, the, the closing down? Do you think? Um, don't know yet, mate, to be honest with you. We can't really say. Can I? I don't think he'll go out erratically. Um, he, he was pretty composed at Brighton. Like, he... I did think he picked up the old yellow card here and there because I actually had him in my fancy football team. So I knew yeah. that he's... Well, the, he the gen- yeah, generally, with Brighton, they did have the ball quite a lot in most of the games. Yeah. Obviously, cities and Liverpools, they don't have get the ball that much. You want your you want your defensive midfielder to be aggressive, though. That's the thing. Um, you don't want him to be steaming into tackle. You're right there, Chris. Yeah, I'm on mute. I'm on mute. It's fine. <laughs> If you, you carry on, he's just he's, he's just dying. So if you carry on, yeah. I just carry on talking. Yeah. You're, you're, you're host If I die, you can just carry it the conversation. I just you won't carry be able on, to end mate. it, but yeah, yeah. No problem. Yeah, I, I yeah. He'll do his job, mate. He doesn't really need he's a professional footballer. He doesn't need to be told not to go flying in. Um they know what they're doing, don't they? At the end of the day, like I don't, I don't know what more to say on it, mate. I think I, I agree with what Hass was but, saying. I but think... the, the occasion, the crowd, the, the the lights can get to you sometimes. And... Yeah, but he's been there before, mate. It's not new to him, yeah, is he? But... He's, he's played at Old Trafford before. Um, I'm sure Brighton have probably won at Old Trafford, mate. They Brighton used to play off the odd surprise here and there, didn't he? He used to play. Basuma played well in the big games because yeah. um, they're the games where I used to watch him. Is against the big teams, and he always performed well. Um, so I'm not. I wouldn't have any concerns about him coming in. And like Has was saying, like you need to earn Conte's trust. It was the same with Ericsson when he went to Inter. I think it's the same with Spence. It's the same with Basuma. He needs to earn their trust. So if he believes he's ready, then that's good enough for yeah, me. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, Justin, do you think this is going to be the kickstart of his Spurs career and he's going to go, you know, the, the afterburners are off now and boom, the, 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 where he gets taken? Because for me, I was delighted when we signed him and and ignore the price tag which was obviously a very very cheap for a player of that quality but for me i think he can do everything in midfield he can do that holding the uh, uh, marshalling the defense he can do the closing down i think he's got a bit of a pass in him not an ericsson level level kind of uh, orchestrating a game together but he can certainly spot a pass and he can do the yaya Toure driving forward and the lampard uh, box box midfielder i th- i think he's a superb player he obviously Conte has said earlier on he didn't know the system. How do you how do you learn the system? You play in the bloody system. Uh, but that Everton game will do him no harm at all. And Richarlison and Kulisevsky out, I think he, he picks himself. Uh, where, where do you see him going from here in a Spurs shirt? 
Yeah, um, I'm going to have to make this my final point before I uh, shoot off. But in terms of with Basuma, I think what we saw is how much he highlights how he can make a three, um, you know, three five two uh, go really well. You know, I mean, we we saw it at Everton. We've been crying out for it. I think obviously what was always the issue was, and and I think where's been part of the problem is Conte's trying to fit him in with the three four three. And I think it's becoming more and more apparent that actually Basuma fits a 3-5-2. And I think part of the problem is, is that what we all expected, what I expected when he came in was that he would be more of the, um, you know, going forward, you know, he'd be the one linking up the play. And what we're actually seeing, which I was very surprised about, particularly in the Everton game, how it was that he was sitting deep and allowing um, Hoiberg and perhaps maybe a little bit of Bentoncourt to sort of, do the forward play. It was almost like he was comfortable to sit back, which I thought was very unusual. When I watch, you know, um, I've watched a lot of Brighton and when I've watched him, he's the one who's been driving forward and, and bringing players in. So I almost thought that it'd be him and Hoiberg competing in that position. But him, Hoiberg and Bentoncourt worked so well. And it almost as well allows for much more creativity because it just gives... Two players, or particularly Hoiberg, which I said was the thing I thought was really impressive, to go forward and join. If you do go 3-5-2, you can, he can push forward and become like the number 10. So you then almost are allowing, you, you can't sit there. And that's the one thing we've seen with Hoiberg. I know we're talking about Basuma, but with Hoiberg, he's scoring more goals. So it's allowing him to do that. He's got trust in the fact that he's got Basuma, who did, as I said, a fantastic job in Everton, mopping up, you know, breaking down play, passing the ball forward and just allowing the others to, to, to do their job. So to me, I think it, he, as much as Conte probably doesn't want to hear it, I think Basuma will become a better player for us once Conte settles with 3-5-2 because he defines a player who you give that to and he really has bought into it. And it works so much better. As I say, we can all sit there and we can talk about 3-4-3 and 3-5-2 to the cows come home. But it's it was clear as day when that substitution was made and Richarlison came off and Basuma came, on the came off the bench to come on, there was such a difference. There was such a difference. And it really did. Uh, and, and I think you could clearly see that Everton didn't have an answer because they had somebody there who they knew for well was just going to continuously break up that play and make things difficult. And that's the thing that I think I'm, I was surprised about because I always sat there and felt that Hoiberg and, and Basuma were going to be vying for one position. But we're starting to see actually that they can vie for, they can work in the same team. And with Bentoncourt as well, who I think has been a bit of an unsung hero, those three. I think are going to be vitally important. So, you know, I know you've mentioned Basuma, but, you know, in, in, in specifics, but he works because 352 um, yeah. works. But I'm going to have to shoot off. Yeah. So no thank you so much for sort of having me on. Um, oh, no, always please, a pleasure having you on. Cheers, and, uh... Yeah, as I said, uh, good to see you all. Um, you know, please don't die. You know, I'm not going to be, I'm obviously popping off now, so I just don't want to hear it. You know, people saying what, that you've what gone. What I would like to say is what I love most about this community, brilliant Spurs community, is the sympathy you get. Bobby K says, if you die on live on stream, 
your viewers will skyrocket. <laughs> I love the sympathy <laughs> that you get. Absolutely superb. <laughs> I mean, to be Cheers, fair, to, to be fair, you know, <laughs> dying on a live stream, you know, I mean, are you putting, you know, we were talking about Conte not putting the form, you know, putting his own. Some, some say, Justin, that's a bit extreme, isn't it? Well, to, to be fair, <laughs> if, he loves, well. if he loves his pod, if he loves this show, maybe he needs to think about it. <laughs> Cheers, Justin. Uh, just before you go as well, uh, All Things Tottenham podcast, that's your podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. in the description as well, the link yeah, is in and the that, description. And that's just, uh, we've just, just dropped that onto uh, YouTube and other major platforms, so give that uh, a listen. And, and again, thank you so much for having me on. Cheers, guys. Oh, no, no problem. Cheers, Justin. Justin. Pleasure having you Cheers, on. Too, Cheers, mate. Justin. Uh, yeah, before, uh, after you've finished watching this, go over to All Things Tottenham and the other channels as well, but uh, All Things uh, Tottenham. And check that out, the other two channels, Marks and Hasses. Uh, they'll let you know where you can find them. At the end of the stream, they are in the description as well. Uh, yeah, uh, Mark, uh, I want to talk about the guy on the right in this photo as well. Uh, I wouldn't say he's back to his best, but he's certainly back to a lot, lot better than he was earlier in the season. I thought the Leicester game would be right. OK, Sonny's back. Uh, here we go. He had a couple of mm, performances. The, the, the Frankfurt game, very good. He didn't score yesterday. Uh, not yesterday, uh, Saturday. But I thought he looked dangerous again, was looking to get the ball, was looking to shoot, was making the runs that he normally makes. And, and in the Frankfurt game as well, you can ignore the space, but the, the technique for that volley, that's not technique of someone who's struggling with confidence. And the goal he scored, this is what you expect Son to do, isn't it? One-on-one, -on -one, just might as well pick the ball up, stick it on the halfway line. But is he back to his best again, do you think? Or, or is there more to come? Obviously, in terms of goals, there is. Mm -hmm. But in terms of... He's played. You think he's back to his best and looking confident again? No, I don't think he's back to his best yet. Um, I still think he's got another level to go to, to be honest. Um, I don't know whether it was the South Korean media or the fans are talking about him and Perisic playing together. And it was going back to what I said before, players getting in each other's way. Um, I think the South Korean media have been saying that he doesn't play well with Perisic. Um it's something that's going to come in it. They're getting used to each other. And this is what I've said about, I've been saying it for weeks now. I, I think it's a matter of time before this team clicks. Because to be honest, I don't think, look, I don't really care as long as we're winning games, but I, it hasn't been, it hasn't been great. You know, you've got to be honest and say, it's not been great to watch at times, but I go back to the end of last season where I thought we were playing fantastic football, scoring goals, and we were solid. And I think we're just getting used to each other at the minute. So, I don't think Son is on his top form at the minute, but I know it's only a matter of time and um, he'll get back to where he was last season. Players go through these patches and Son always goes through these um, yeah. dry spells. He always has done. Um, but every confidence, mate, that hat-trick, as you said, against Leicester, um, the goals the other night in the Champions League, he's almost there and it's going to come back. So let's hope it's on Wednesday. I mean, I can see it like, perfect occasion for him to step up he always steps up in the big games as well so yeah yeah what have you made of him has particularly in the last couple of games uh you had that Leicester game like I say okay son's back he's gonna go on fire now and then kind of went off again Frankfurt was him back and then I I thought he was really good yesterday he obviously wasn't man of the match or anything like that but I thought he's making the runs he's looking to get the ball and 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 he's looking to shoot which 
earlier in the season, I thought he's not making those runs and he's looking to pass the ball rather than shoot and curl it in, which is what you expect from him. Uh, yeah. What have you made from him? And, and I mean, it, it, it's only a matter of time. It's like Mo Salah. You know, Mo Salah wasn't going to end the season with like five goals or whatever. Uh, two good players in, in, in two good teams to to go on that bad run. Uh, but yeah, do, do you think this will be a kind of fire for him now as well? And, and um, do you think the three-five-two helps him as well? Do you reckon part of it could be the three up there hasn't played kind of in that? So it could be, uh, well, I'm, I'm learning this new system. Three-five-two suits me. This is Sun's formation. Yeah, I mean, for me, his enthusiasm is certainly back. You know, he's showing much more enthusiasm during the games. He's pressing a lot more. He wants the ball a lot more. Whereas beginning of the season, he just looks really, you know... Like there was nothing left in the tank, so to speak. It looked like he just, you know, came off the back of, you know, a, a full season only two weeks ago. Um, whereas now he just looks rejuvenated. He looks like, you know, he's got that enthusiasm back, like I said, but he's nowhere near his best at the moment. Let's, you know, make no bones about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I agree with what Mark was saying. There are, you know, another couple of gears that he can go up. But from what I saw, even in the last game, you know, he could have had a goal or two. Um, but he's been he's been playing well enough to sort of start games for me in the last few games. And I think the 3-5-2 definitely suits him because it's back to him and Kane again. It's back to him having that sort of connection, knowing where each other is going to be on the pitch. Uh, whereas, you know, when we, had the, when we had Richarlison on the pitch, you know, he's got a sort of second guess, where is he going to be? Where's the ball going to end up? Where's Kane going to be? You know, sort of trying to figure out what's going on. But it seems like to me, when it's just Kane and Son sort of interlinking up top, they're so used to it. They're so, you know, fine-tuned with each other that, you know, it just suits them better playing in that two with the three in the midfield. So for me, um, they, they rely on that telepathy uh, with each other quite a lot. And, I can't see it being a problem with Richarlison being out for a couple of weeks. However, it does limit us somewhat in in what we can do to to rest them during certain games. You know, we, we don't have that luxury at the moment unless he puts on defensive midfielders um, and, and leaves one up top. So, you know, it remains to be seen. But definitely there, there are a couple of gears that Son can go up and uh, he himself will, you know, strive to perfect himself yeah, so. you know yeah I, I i think it's only a matter of time and those last uh, certainly the frankfurt game that and he's a bunches player I, I call him a bunches player because he he sort of comes into form in bunches if he, he's done it every yeah. season you know he'll he'll come into form for two three games score a few goals have a couple of quiet games and then off will go again so he's a bunches type of player yeah yeah and uh well, this wouldn't be a Spurs podcast without talking about uh, uh, one person in particular, certainly when it's less than 10, eight at the moment. He's got eight left until he becomes the all-time leading goal scorer, Kane. Uh, he's getting closer. I mean, it's only a matter of time. Uh, and <laughs> Mark, if it weren't for Haaland in the league, then everyone would be talking about how Harry Kane is absolutely bang on form and everything like that. And all these people saying Haaland's better than Kane because of what he's doing at City. If Kane was at City... Like Shearer said, he'd be getting all these headlines and being, my God, he's an animal. Uh, 
But it's only a matter of time. I just hope it's a home game that he gets the actual goal that takes him clear. Not the one that levels it, the one that takes him clear. Although it would be nice if he got level and clear in the same game. But mm-hmm. if it could be a home game so he gets the adulation of 60,000 people as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, c- compared to where we were this time, I think last season, and <laughs> Bobby Kay's not impressed. He's okay, I suppose. Well, it'll do for me, Bobby. It'll do for me. Uh Compared to where we were last season, where you know he wanted to leave, wanted to go to City, was upset, wasn't playing very well, it's a a, a complete turnaround. Is it? and and I think he's got nine goals this season, which for him is pretty high at this stage of the season. Mm. Uh, and like you said earlier, he he's if he gets injured, we're in banging trouble. But he's just complete player at the moment, isn't he? Uh, he's not just he's not a number nine anymore. He's he's not a number ten. He's a nine and a half. <laughs> yeah, if you would have, if you'd have scored that, uh, <laughs> if you'd have scored that um, pen against Nottingham Forest, mate, it'd be ten in ten. You can't get much better than that unless you're Harland, no. really. Eh? Yeah. Um, yeah, you. What can you say about the guy, man? Like he, I, uh, he has sort of. He did piss me off last mm-hmm. season, not because he wanted to leave Tottenham. The, yeah, way the way he, he went, went about, about it, it, wasn't it? The way he went about it. I, I had no grudges with him leaving Tottenham. I thought it was a correct decision. Look, if we weren't fans, we would want to leave as well, like getting Nuno in and all that shit. Like, it made me give up my membership and all that, you know. So, I don't want to go down that road. But what can you say? On the pitch, mate, he's unbelievable. Like, he's the best striker I've seen down there. Um I still think he's the best striker in the world. I know, I know Haaland is doing what he's doing, although... Haaland can't do everything that, that Kane no. can do. That's the thing. There's, he's an, yeah, there's an argument what I've said is actually wrong because Kane isn't a striker, whereas Haaland is a pure striker. But Haaland is, Haaland's yeah. top, top quality. Like He'll oh, probably yeah. win the Ballon d'Or at some point. Uh, he's unbelievable. But he can't do what Kane does, which is dropping in, linking up the play. Maybe he can. Maybe he can develop his game and do it. Um, he's got different attributes as well. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're so lucky to see him. We're so lucky to see him. Like, I never saw Greaves. But I bet no, the people no. that did thought that that record would never, ever be broken. Yeah. Um, it was one of them you looked at and thought, well, that's never going to happen. Like, we're never going to see that. Um, so to get even close to it, let alone break it, is it's just – it really is unbelievable. And of all the fucking idiots, right – who go around telling you that he's a penalty merchant. He scored <laughs> nine goals, right? Only two of them have been penalties in the Premier League. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, yes, Saturday's one is a perfect advert for why Jordan Pickford, for me, and England's number one. It was absolute catastrophe there. But he's in the box, isn't he? Strikers, why do they always get the ball? Why do they always get it? They're always in the right place at the wrong, right time. It's not. It's anticipation. It's anticipation. That's the sign of a good striker. Wouldn't it be fantastic if Kane got the record against Arsenal, which is a possibility, you know, because we play them yeah, in January. Yeah. <laughs> That'd yeah. be brilliant. I mean, as long as it's at home, well, as long, yeah, as long as it's at home, if it's away, I'm furious. The thing is, Mark, you might not start in January if he's um, depending on how far England get in the World Cup. Yeah. Also, he'll mm. play against Arsenal if he's fit. There's no way he's missing that game if he's fit. Uh, mm. But I mean, it, it's just going to be such a shame, isn't it, Has that Jimmy Greaves, the great Jimmy Greaves, isn't here to kind of pass the torch, as it were, like Bobby Charlton was able to do with Rooney at England and um, uh, Man United. Obviously, Rooney's going to be able to pass the torch to Kane for England because he'll eventually get that. But it would have been so fitting, wouldn't it, too? Despite what Kane did last season, he is a Spurs legend. He will be from 
mm. even if he, you know, leaves tomorrow and only is eight down, he's still a Spurs legend. But everything so fitting, one legend of one era, handing the the torch over to another one. But so it's such a shame. But what a player! I mean. I mean, we, I say this every time I talk about him on these things. What more can you say about him that hasn't already been said? Look, Kane, for me, you know, when he breaks the record, and he will break the record. This season, he's got, he's got to, I mean, he'll probably create the all-time record in the Premier League as well, hopefully. But, um, you know, he's, he's got to go down as the greatest player at Tottenham ever. You know, simply through... I know some will say, you know, we've had the likes of obviously um, Jimmy Greaves, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, um, who've actually won things and stuff like that. But in terms of individual accolades and what he's done for this club and how he's carried us forward um, into a new sort of era for us, you know, it, what he's done is unbelievable and it has to be recognised. You know, and for me. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm fed up seeing every day, you know, reading every day, social media, you know, they're, they're just butchering Kane, you know, he's a cheat, he's this, he's that, you know, he's... It's usually guy, from Liverpool just, fans, which is uh, laughable. Look, the guy just <laughs> recently done bedtime stories for BBC. Oh, fantastic. Oh, did he? You know, fantastic. You know, what what a thing to do. He's, he's um, I believe he's uh, opened up his own mental health Awareness he got, charity, he got the Pelters Foundation. for that as well, didn't he? And, I mean, and then he got he got pelters for that as well. What an absolute yeah, bastard seems, he is trying to help people you with know, mental health issues in a world where it's still taboo. Sponsors late in Orient. Yeah, what a prick, what a prick. It's just, the, the, the things that this guy is doing on and off the pitch, you know, it just typifies him as a human being. As a, Forget him as a player. Forget about him as a player. You know, as a human being, what he's doing is phenomenal. And... You know, I'd say this about anyone from any club, including Arsenal, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I could, you know, at the moment, you know, I, I love Ian Wright. When I watch Ian mm. Wright, I think I think he's brilliant, you know. He's one of the few that I actually respect and stuff. But to come out and say, you know, things like, you know, I can't make out what he's saying, he's dribbling, this, that and the other. It's, yeah. just, it's just not right, you know. Call it for what it is, you know. If he's done something good, then say he's done something good. But don't knock him, you know. That could be that could easily easily be my my son or my daughter, you know, who yeah. has a speech impediment, but you know has gone on BBC to actually do something good or, or do something good for someone, you know, and and same could be said of that person who's, you know, making all these remarks and stuff. You know, how would you feel, you know, if that was your daughter or your son, you know? It's so, just jealousy, isn't it, that he's not playing for their team? Know, That's why I just, they do it. I just think he's a remarkable <laughs> human being, and I don't want to go too much more about on about it, but you know, he's a remarkable human being, um, and he's done a lot for Tottenham. He's done a lot for Tottenham, yeah. and when he breaks the record, he has to be regarded as, if not the greatest, then one of the greats. He already is, but he's just phenomenal. Well, it has yeah. to be has. It's like Shearer. You don't hear like people saying that Shearer is not a legend. He did won nothing at Newcastle. Didn't win anything. Yeah. He won with Blackburn the league, but he won nothing else. No. So, you know, no one disputes whether he's like a fantastic striker because he was, you know, he was yeah. unbelievable. Okay. If he stays fit, he'll break that as well. If he stays he will, fit, yeah. he's not only 60 uh, odd off it, I think. Whether Haaland will break it before Kane does is another thing. He but, might break uh, it this what, season, mate. From, from what uh, Haaland's father was saying, there's an exit plan for City and it won't be in, it'll be in a few years, which 
interesting. But in terms of Kane as well, any of you worried? I saw this on uh, uh, Twitter as well. Someone's suggesting that he'll be annoyed with what Haaland's doing at the moment because it could have been him. So he'll see his contract out and then leave for free. Uh, to go where? Yeah, me personally, I, mean, I, I don't think Levy, over Levy's dead body, I think that happens. Uh, and I don't think Kane, even if he was pissed off at Levy, I don't think he'd do that with the fans because he's always said it's not about money. So for me, that that was, it was an interesting thing that I saw. But for me, I, I don't buy that. I don't. What are the mean, options? There's, there's the nothing options? that he can, sorry, sorry, Mark. I just wanted to, there's right. nothing that he can do about what Haaland's doing at City at the moment. Yeah. Um, arguably, you can say City have, have obviously missed out on Harry Kane, and I love Harry Kane, but they've they've ended up with a player who's going to serve them better going forward due to his age and his ability. They would have got probably three, maybe four seasons out of Harry Kane. They've got someone like Haaland there with a resale value, if need be, but someone who can be there for the long term at, at, at a cheaper price. So, you know, where does he go from here? Like Mark said, where, where does he go? Bayern no Munich. Way. You know, he wants to break the he wants to break the Premier League scoring record, doesn't he? And he's, that's going to take him another three or four seasons to do that. Where do you go? Liverpool fans absolutely hate him. I don't think he particularly likes Liverpool as well. He ain't going to go to Man City, Man United at this time. Point. Why would you go there? There's no difference with staying at Tottenham. Obviously, they're a bigger club. I'm not stupid. I understand that. He isn't going to go to Arsenal, and I can't see him going to Chelsea either. So where else? Where can he go? Yeah, there is no absolutely. Yeah. There, it was there just something I saw off, on but... Twitter that I found interesting, but I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. But I mean, even though we haven't won any silverware as as a club, the individual accolades that he has um, compiled during his time at Tottenham is it probably will be unrivaled for a very long time. To it come. outweighs anything. You like know. you know. It, if you stay at Tottenham, if you do win something, he can have like a stand named after him, a, a statue inside the stadium because we're not going to build him outside. Apparently, like yeah. if he stays, that that's that that tops anything. Like when you say, "Oh, you go to your grandchildren and pull out your medals," you don't need to, mate. Go go see my stand in at Tottenham. <laughs> you know, like that beats yeah. a medal. Like you oh, stay, absolutely. you become a legend. Yeah. That that. Yeah. That beats anything, you know. Let's hope we do win some trophies with him because it's a yeah. travesty if we don't. But if we win trophies with him, he's staying here for the end of his career. He ain't going anywhere. Uh, Bobby K says Bayern, but he wants that Shearer's record, I think. So he wants to yeah. stay in the Premier League. But like Mark says, where? Uh, but Bobby K is on form today. Uh, <laughs> Harlan didn't score yesterday. He's so shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, I want I wanted to talk about this guy as well, Hoiberg. Uh, the Viking. A word for, a word for Pierre. I mean. I get, I get why some people not have a go at him, but you know, don't put him in the same light as Kane because technically he isn't the best player in our team. But I think he's been brilliant the last few games. I thought against um, Brighton he was superb. Uh, Frankfurt I thought he was pretty good. I thought he was superb against Everton as well. And and a large part of that certainly that second half is because the veins were kind of off because Basuma offered that security staying back. Uh, I think he's worked. He must have worked on his finishing because I know it took a deflection, but he side footed that in. You still have to be in the right place, Chris. And tuck it, yeah, and and for for me, I, I, I he's one of the first on the team sheet for me. I I, I keep saying he needs a vest. He needs a vest, <laughs> and then and then I'm coming on here going, he's brilliant, Pierre. Uh, but I mean, yeah, has why does he get so much flack from uh, certain 
fans, not all fans. Uh, why, why does he get so much flack from some fans? And and I mean, how good is he? For me, he's 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 a leader. He's a battler. He's he's and now he's, he's getting goals. Three For goals me, this season in the league. There's there's a reason why uh, Real Madrid were looking at him during the transfer season, uh, during the transfer window. Um, and that tells you why, you know, he's, for me, his character is is unrivaled. You know, his, his ability in midfield to get players going around him. You know, if we had a few more like him in the team, blimey. But, um, you know, he's, he's a player who sort of does the unglamorous side of things. Mm. And naturally, that is what gets highlighted when when someone's watching when, when we're watching a football match or whatever. And as soon as you make some mistake, it's like, oh, you're shit, sort of thing. You know, oh, he gave a, gave away a loose ball. Oh, he committed it. You know, so he's not doing the glamorous things, and it just doesn't look as nice when sort of Sonny goes on a on a run, beats a couple of men, and and puts it in the top corner. You know, it's not as nice. But for me, I think it says a lot when this guy has started eighty. I believe it's 84 out of 86 games for us. That yeah, now that yeah. is unbelievable. You know, the the fact that this guy is so fit and, you know, he just seems to be injury-free all the time. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but, you know, it, it was... Um, I believe they stated uh, before he moved from Southampton to, to Tottenham that he'd hardly missed any games for Southampton as well, if, if any you know, and we can see why, you know, he's just, for me, he wears his heart on his sleeve and he wants to do well for the club. You can see it. He loves playing with the players. He loves the club. And I think he's found his home at Tottenham, yeah. um, you know, and I think he can be a real leader in that midfield. Uh, once Lloris sort of hangs his gloves and that captaincy becomes available, I wouldn't hesitate to put Hoiberg yeah. as captain in that midfield because he'll obviously go me, to Harry, but yeah, I think Hoiberg I mean, is by default, material. by default, it's probably going to go to Harry. But for me, someone in his position who can see defence, attack, and everything around him, and the way he is, his character, and the way he can drive players on and pick players up when when they need to be picked up, I just think he's a perfect candidate to to take that armband, and you know. His his criticism, you know, is for me is most of the time unjust. You know, mm. um, it's it's purely to do with you know he's not as glamorous as as some, but you know he does a job for us in that midfield and he does it yeah, well. Absolutely. Yeah, Bobby K here said uh, he should be comparable to the likes of Keane with his work rate and value to our midfield. Him and Benteke have been doing the work of three men. I mean, Mark, I, I've said on numerous absolutely. streams, this one included. I've said on numerous streams, Mark, on this one. He deserves a huge amount of credit for Bentancur because I think he helped Bentancur settle in. Certainly after the, the interestingly and, 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 and conveniently, the Man United game away from home last season where Bentancur looked really out of it. I think Hoiberg really helped him out and that no shock that he's found a partnership there. But why do you think he, he kind of gets the criticism and... and, and what do you think his value to the team is? The criticism that one of Everton's chances in the first half came from him and Romero dillying on the ball, but it will always be Pierre who gets the criticism and not Romero. I'm not saying leave Pierre alone and have a go at Romero, but it's exactly the same as the Fulham goal that uh, Mitrovic scored. Romero dangled his foot, let him turn. 
Dyer stands there to say, all right, go score from there. Dyer gets criticism, Romero gets off scot free. Not saying have a go at Romero, leave Dyer alone. I'm just saying some players get the criticism, other players don't. Why do you think Pierre is in the gets the criticism and what do you think his value to the team is? Because Haz has already said it, he's not a glamorous type player. So then, whereas Romero is blood and action, isn't he? He's the the, the centre-back, the hard man, the Argentinian. Everyone loves him. Uh, He's got the shithousery. Whereas Hoiberg, he just gets on with his job. Um, He doesn't do the glamorous stuff. Um, And look, he has got mistaken. He he, he can frustrate me at times when he's at the back sometimes and he just boots it and gives the ball away. But I respect everything else that he does and what he brings to the team. I remember when he signed Chris, um, me and you were both saying, like, that's a fantastic signing. Uh, We were delighted with it at the time because he's the type of player that we needed. He's a leader. um, He plays every game, gives everything. Like, I don't really get why people criticise him. Unfortunately, mate, you know, with this fan base, like, we always have to have a scapegoat. And do do you think as well... uh, Bobby Kay's question here. Uh, sorry to cut you off. <laughs> I do this a lot. Uh, do you think he'd get more respected if he was playing for Madrid, Juve, or a so-called bigger club? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And as as we said, like the bigger clubs have looked at him, and I'm not surprised at yeah. all. Um, well, he, Mourinho he wanted him at Roma, didn't he? I think yeah, he does the job, I mate. Think has like, to mention it. Who did Mourinho bring in that are still there? We had Doherty, didn't we? I'm just looking. Well, Hybiagi brought in as well. We bought oh, Schoenberg, yeah. Doherty, Bow that season. I'm just looking. We bought in Bergvine, um, Fernandez. He's one of the only survivors, him and Doherty, from that era. You know, the ones I think you missed out, um, Jetson Fernandez. What a signing that was! No, it was unbelievable, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. Um, Hoiberg, so, number two, he is. <laughs> but it's the same way. I've, I've said, like, with Emerson going off topic a, a bit, like. No, he isn't the answer, but I get pissed off when I read on Twitter when he gets picked and I see before he's even kicked a fucking ball, people on his back. Like, give the yeah. guy a fucking break, man. Like, it's not his fault he's not a wing back and he can't cross the face. He gets picked. Would you want to do that? getting picked. Exactly. Conte, <laughs> now, mate, like, fat Jim down the pub said, I can't play, I can't cross the ball, I can't play today. Like, get off the guy's back, man. And listen, Emerson was okay at the back end of last season. And at the start of this season, he weren't bad either. No. Like, if he could cross the ball. and, and But I, I think that's a bit uh, uh, unjust for him as well. I think because his crossing has been so bad, when he does put a cross in, players like the Canes, the Suns and all hmm. of that, it's not going to go to anyone, is it? I'm not going to expect Do you remember energy. how bad? And, uh, and, and then they don't bother going in. And then it either goes to a defender, the goalkeeper, or, or, or out for a throw. Whereas other players who, like, like, like Perisic, for example, you know, generally, nine times out of ten, his cross is going to find someone. So I'll get in the box, attack that. So Do I, you remember I how bad Doherty was? Hmm, yeah. He was terrible. Even when he played wing back, he was terrible. Mate, his crossing was shit. I remember it because everyone was saying to me, oh, yeah, but he's not playing wing back. And when he plays, and then he starts to play wing back and he couldn't cross the ball. No. He's doing better now, but this is what I'm saying. Like, this guy's like 22, 23 years. I don't, listen, I'm not saying for one second that I think Emerson Royale was the answer. <laughs> I, don't. I, I yeah. really don't. I really don't. And if we had a buyer, I would get rid of him. But yes, get, yes, not start like, going in at players because they're getting picked in a team. It happens though, doesn't it? You've mentioned it. It used to be Winks. It's Dyer. It's, it's, it's when they make mistakes, Chris, when they make mm. mistakes in the game, I'm all for criticism and I'm all for oh, yeah. like giving them shit. But don't, let's not do it when they've, you know, they've just got into the so, start. Some, some people do get like a, a kind of, uh, 
free ticket, don't they, if there's a mistake? They do. And, Everyone should be criticised if they make a mistake. Yeah, some people make more mistakes, but you know these are the cards that we right. help. And then have a go one. after the game. We've had a bust up. Remember when we, yeah, I, I yeah. called Winks a clown against oh, Everton? Yeah, 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 yeah. You were wrong. Yes, yeah, so we had an argument. <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm saying. Like when they make mistakes, I'm all for criticising them. But yeah, let's get behind our players before. Um, yeah. Whilst they're at the club, and if they haven't kicked the ball yet, yes, yes, hope they have a good game. That's with yeah, supporters. I mean, what I do like Who's about Emerson, uh, what I do like about Emerson is reports that he spent a god knows how much of money trying to become a better footballer with all of these things. You get so many players at that age with that on that money. I don't need to do fuck all here. I'm a millionaire by the time I'm 25. I don't need to do anything. He's spending his money to try and improve. I like that. Whether he does improve, whether he doesn't, in He's that respect, it's irrelevant. Man. He's trying. He's trying. So and, and, I like that. I like that. And, and like you had on Dumbele, right? Who didn't give a shit? The Celso didn't yeah, give a yeah, shit. Absolutely, yeah. This yeah. guy, this guy cares. Like he wants to. Do, you can tell whether a player is putting it, doing their best, and that's all I ever want to see. And he is yeah, doing yeah. the best of his ability. There's certain players that we've had that haven't, and they've gone. Like they've been bombed out. So, yeah, that's you know that's my rant for the day. Thank you, Bobby. I'll put that on the wall and frame that. It's not often I get uh, a praise from yourself. I'm only joking. He's lovely, Bobby K. Uh, but yeah, has uh, Emerson hasn't done himself any favours with that sending off against Arsenal. I thought it was harsh, but there's no reason to make the challenge in the first place. But it's allowed one of these two to come on. Uh, Doherty started. Uh, I'm sure you saw the hug that uh, 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 Conte gave him, very similar to the one that he gave Kane, and Kane was man of the match. But Doherty and Spence. Uh, Doherty, I don't think, has done himself any harm at all. Uh but what happens uh, after the Man United game? Uh, it, it, Doherty has a good game. Let's say Doherty is going to start. Doherty has a good game against Man United. Then the next game comes, uh, I think, Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> Bobby K. Only joking, Bobby K. Only joking. Uh, but yeah, uh, Doherty has a good game against Man United. Doesn't do anything wrong, blah, blah. Next game, Newcastle. Emerson's uh, uh, suspension is up. Who's playing for you? Because Conte seems to like him. Uh but he hasn't done himself any favours, Emerson, by forcing Conte not to pick him for these three games. And Doherty, certainly against Everton, I thought played pretty well and, and deserves his shot against Man United. And like you said, Spence got a couple of minutes, so potentially putting himself in the window there. Uh, what, what do you see happening after the Man United game in the league when all three of them are, are ready to play, available to play, rather? I think, first and foremost, it depends on performances. And it depends on what sort of game is going to suit uh, the right back that starts that game. So, you know, for me, Emerson defensively is much better than going forward. So if we need to bring a right back in who's going to be a little bit more defensive minded, then obviously Emerson can do a job for us. However, you know, Doherty, with the ways offensively, you know, he can he can cross the ball, we can take his man on, you know, he can play a bit further up the pitch. Um, you know, you'd have to go with uh, Doherty, just just purely based on his ability to play that right wing back role. Um and he's got a tad more experience in the Premier League than um than Emerson has. But um next game, obviously I'm assuming he'll go with Doherty, but we're gonna have Spence as the backup or or the player replacing him later on in the game. So I, I am hoping to see a bit of Jed um, against United. 
should he decide to sort of take Doherty off and um, give him a few minutes. But again, look, the right backs, I think it depends on on what sort of game we've got coming up. You know, if we've got someone, if we've got a team that's going to sort of, you know, uh, sit in low block, you know, perhaps the Doherty or even Jed Spence, if he gets starts to play, would be the better option than, than Royale, who tends to come back on himself, pass the ball back, um, and do you know do more defending than attacking? So um, I think it depends, you know. And also the right wing back position is is the area where we're most uh, stocked. Yeah. You know, we have three right wing backs. So you know, picking yeah, two, have, picking... have you rated Doherty's stint in there while this suspension is uh, on? I think so I think far. I think he's been he's been fine since um, the suspension. You know, his his last game was probably the best this season since he's started uh since he's come back into the fold. Yeah. But um for me, you can see from from you know the touchline when Conte walked over to him and hugged him and you know, whatever whatever he said to him at the time, you know, you can see in Doherty's face, he had a massive grin on his face. Yeah. And for me that, that says it all. It says to me, you know, right, that that manager, he trusts him, you know. He trusts him, you know. He said something in his ear, you know. He's come back beaming, smiling, you know. It's so good to see, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, how, how, Mark, how, how do you think young Matthew has fared? Uh, Conte famously calling him Matthew for some reason in press conferences. How, how do you think he's fared, ignoring his uh, very questionable facial hair that he seems to have uh, come back with? Uh, but how, how do you think he's done? And after the Man United game, do you think he stays in? Do you think Emerson comes back in? Do you think he gives Jeddah a chance? What would you think Conte's thinking will be? Or, I mean, it's obviously very difficult to 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 kind of answer that because we it will all depend on what that happens in a Man United game. But if yeah. he has a good game, does he keep his place? Does Emerson come back in? If he has a bad game, does Emerson come straight back in, or is it okay, Jed? You have a go. See what you're made of. I think if Doherty has a good game or Matthew has a good game, I think he stays in the team because I think. He is his number one choice at right wing back. It was only that he got injured against Aston Villa yeah. that um, Emerson got the chance at the back end of last season. And Doherty was yeah. doing well um, mm. up until that point, um, until Matty Cash. I, I still don't understand how he didn't get sent off for that challenge. But anyway, that's a different story. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think as long as Doherty plays well against Man United, doesn't make any huge calamitous errors. He, he starts, doesn't he? I think he's the number one um, right wing back for the system. And the good thing is, like, we've got three players that can, can play that position. Well, you can argue whether Emerson can or not. Um, well, we've got more, three more players. Do you include Perisic as well? Well, yeah. And and um, Lucas has played there as well. Um, so, yeah. So, we've got options there, which is good. Um, and that... That position is key to Conte's system, isn't it? Which I'm surprised we didn't yeah. go big in that position yeah. in the transfer window. But he obviously trusts what he has. Mm. So, yeah, I think Doherty will, will continue until he either gets injured or he has he, he's formed dips. Yeah, yeah I, I hope so, because I, I know what you're saying, Hass, with uh, Emerson is uh, a lot more defensive. But I think with 3-5-2, with Basuma just in that hole... I think it gives the, the, the wing-backs a bit more licence to go forward because there is that extra security there, a bit more traffic in there to kind of slow things up. Obviously, not always always the way, but I, I think there's a bit more 
because it, it happened with in, in the Poch era, you know, with uh, Wanyama just sitting at the back there with Walker and Rose. Obviously, they had tremendous engines and were very quick to get up and down all game. Uh, but yeah, for me, I, I'd be giving Doherty a go there. It was unfortunate, like like um, Mark said, with his injury against Villa, that it got cut short when he was just just hitting form for us, really. For the first time he hit form from his move. And then he hasn't really got his place back and he's coming back from an injury. So I, I'd like to see him get a good run. I mean, ironically, uh, he was playing left wing back when he got the injury against Matty Cash. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was uh, Emerson on, on the right. So, but look... Um, yeah, we we can say what we want about last season, about Matty Cash's challenge. It was horrendous. But we've seen so many over the last few seasons. And we all know there are inconsistencies in the Premier League in terms of what's a red and what's what's yellow, etc., etc. It changes from game to game, unfortunately. And I don't think we're ever going to sort of get that consistency right. But, you know, he seems to be back um, to sort of what he was like before he got the injury. And, uh, you know, he himself alluded to the fact that he had not been playing because he just wasn't ready. He said it himself in the press conference. You know, I wasn't ready to play. I wasn't fit enough. And he put to bed all the rumours about um, what Conte said during his press conference about Doherty when he said, uh, people don't see what I see on the pitch. Mm. Now, obviously, with comments like that, people are going to make make of that what they will. And, you know, the media are going to be all over that, like flying shit. But, um, you know, he put that to bed. He himself said he wasn't ready. And, and that's the end of it. You know, Conte, I don't believe Conte has any issues with any of those players, if I'm no. being honest with you. And with, with someone like him, he's, he's, he's a polarising figure, isn't he? They're, they're always going to look for a story out of Conte. Uh, always going to look for a story out of Tottenham because we're Tottenham. And um, it's it's just the way it is. It is just yeah, the way just it lazy is. lazy journalism, know. like Harry Kane wants to move it's away because he hasn't it's won a easy. trophy. Yeah, lazy It's so journalism. easy. We've got nothing. Oh, we've got nothing in the news today. All right, cool. What what we've got down Spurs then? Ah, oh, look, Conte's not been playing Doherty for a few games. There must be something up there, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. just um, write a couple of lines there to say uh, they've, they've had a bit of a Barney or whatever it is. You know, it's just lazy. But look, it's so good to see Doherty back. I hope it continues. And like I said earlier in the show, it just shows now that, you know, the, the depth in the team is starting to sort of come together, albeit the Richarlison injury, but there, there's depth in other places, you know. We, you know, we are doing a bit of an England with all the right backs, but, you know, we can overlook that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just hope he has a good game against Man United, not, not just because it helps Tottenham, but it gives Conte a good problem to have. You know, you've got two wing-backs that you like, both playing, well, Emerson must be playing well to keep getting in the team, Doherty playing well, go and pick one. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I just, but again, I hope we play 3-5-2, I hope Basuma gets a chance, which I can only assume we will because of the injuries, I think it's been forced on him. I, I don't think we've got the players, certainly in terms of fitness anyway, to play 3-4-3. Three, three. So I think well, it has to be 3-5. Our faces when we see um, our faces when we see the 3-4-3 three, three and Lucas Moura starting on the right is going to be a picture, yeah. isn't it? Well, he has got history there, and he? he scored those two goals in that game in that 3-0 win. But uh, I can't see it. Yeah, I mean, what a game that was. Mm. But yeah, I, I can't see it. I think it, I'd be amazed if it isn't 3-5-2. And the same team that ended... 
not ended, but you know, with Doherty instead of Spence, but the the same team that was playing when Basuma came on, I'll be amazed if it isn't that. Mm. Uh, Lenglet, uh, Lenglet may play if Ronaldo plays because he is tall, so Mm. can compete in the air. But I think it'll pretty much be the same. I think it pretty much. I'd be amazed if it isn't three five two. To be perfectly Mm. honest with you. Uh, but we're not going to do predictions because I did that with the Arsenal game. We lost and I can't do it because it's a massive, massive game. So we're not going to do that. Uh, but we have pretty much reached the end. We did the preview about Man United earlier on. We kind of uh, uh, changed the format a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we pretty much reached the end. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been watching. Uh, everybody who's been watching and Bobby K. Only joking, Bobby. Only joking. I love you, really. Uh, thanks for everyone watching, everyone in the comments. Uh, please hit that like and please hit that subscribe. Really helps the channel. And hit the notification bell as well. That will let you know whenever we're going live without you having to uh, kind of remember it. Uh, and then go to All Things Tottenham, which was Justin's uh, uh, channel as well. Thanks to Justin for coming on as well. Always a pleasure having him on, on YouTube. All Things Tottenham. That's in the description as well as everybody's Twitter handles here, including Justin. And these two guys' channels as well. Uh, well, one channel and one podcast. Uh, has previously of the Hotspur Hood, now with Marlon on a view to... Uh, uh, what's it uh, a view, view from of, the south stand. That's it. it uh, I, did, <laughs> I did look at that earlier and then got it the name. I've just had a blank. I've just had a blank. But yeah, uh, Marlon's been on there a few times as well. Brilliant guy, Marlon. And uh, yeah, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so um, they can find you. yeah, myself and Marlon, we we run the uh, channel, A View from the South Stand. You can catch us every match day uh, for the post-match reactions. So um, you know, you can catch us this Wednesday against the Manchester United um, against Manchester United post-match reaction, and every other game after that. So uh, tune in straight after the game; it's really good. We've always got three or four guests on. It's either myself or Marlon hosting. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a good crack. Just um, yeah, feel free to come on, have a, have a chat on the on the group as well. And uh, yeah, it's all good vibes. But yeah, catch us on the view from the south stand. We're on YouTube. Give us a subscribe. Give us a like. Um, the channel is growing. But um, yeah, it's all good vibes. Yeah, excellent. Make sure you check that out. I mean, uh, Mark, Mark on the Raw Emotion podcast. I don't know how you guys do it really. With the, uh, we don't. We don't usually. No, no. Certainly on losses, doing it so quickly after the game, I can't do it because I'm just too angry after losses. So big up to you for that. But yeah, War Emotion podcast. I saw that came back uh, at the weekend. Uh, it must be quite difficult to do with Matt going to seemingly every game uh, that's going. It's just uh, difficult and, to do with Matt full stop, isn't it? <clears throat> it's mad. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he's a law unto himself sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I saw it came back. Uh, great to have it back. Uh, have it back. Uh, Matt was saying he's doing something slightly different as well going forward, potentially, uh, kind of a, a competition. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> you're nodding there, seemingly. What's he been saying? I've not a party. No, 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 no. I no, may no, have no. put my foot in it. Uh, no, but no. Yeah, uh, so it is a podcast. It's not on YouTube, but you can get mm. that on Anchor and wherever you get your podcast. But, yeah, let, let people know what they can expect. Yeah, it's not really revolutionary, basically. We're just doing predictions. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> whoever wins. Well, so if Mac, if Mac well, gets. Well, a, you, you say not revolutionary, but it's like Bobby Kane's channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no point in having me on. It's like, it'll be a result. It'll be a result. Yeah. yeah I, so I do I, predictions, just not Tottenham. Uh, but yeah, it's very similar to Bobby Kane's channel, that there's nothing like Bobby's Kane's channel. And I can't remember any stream, Spurs stream, where it does a whole predictions thing. So. 
you say it's not revolutionary, but I would say what? in the streaming community for Spurs, it is unique. Yeah, to be fair, it's not the whole it's not the whole podcast talking about our predictions, but it's just a segment of it. And basically, if he wins, which he's not gonna, I have to give a hundred <laughs> points to his charity. Uh vice versa. We have guests on, so if the guests win at the end of the season, I'll give a hundred quid, he'll give a hundred quid to charity. Of uh, we'll do a vote, we'll do a vote and uh, see where the money goes. Um, but basically, yeah, we just uh, we talk about the team lineups, we have a chat at half time, and then we have a debrief at full time and try and get it out pretty quickly. Um, I do all the fucking legwork for it. He sits back and uh, shocking, shocking, yeah, exactly. He sits back and uh, spouts his usual crap you hear on here very so often, and uh, he's swearing and everything else. And uh, <laughs> I'm the straight man to him, so you know, it's one of them, but um, yeah, it's good to be back. We're going to do one for the Man United game. It is difficult, as you say, because obviously I go to a lot of the home games. He goes to every bloody game at the minute. So it's not always been easy to, to sort of link up. But we're going to try our best to do it. And uh, you guys are welcome to come on as well. Um, fuck off, Bobby K. <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah, so that's it, mate. That's it. We're back. Hopefully, um, see how things go going forward if we can be bothered. <laughs> what an advert for the if we can be bothered. <laughs> well, make sure you can be bothered and go and watch and, and listen to any of the podcasts that they can be bothered to do uh, this coming season. And yeah, make sure you get to a view from the South Stand and all things Tottenham. Uh, just very quickly, Jay Ashraf, how are you doing, buddy? We can get a result on Wednesday, provided we keep Ronaldo quiet. That's if he plays. But like Has said earlier in the show. It's not just Ronaldo. They've got a plethora of players that can cause us problems. Uh, let's just hope we can, you know, like I said earlier as well, you know, there's no reason that, you know, Arsenal are top of the league playing well, being talked about as title contenders. No reason, no reason at all that we can't, even if there is just a little thing called Erling Haaland, the man's just sitting in the middle of it. And Liverpool probably going to go on a run now, but there's no reason we can't get into a title challenge ourselves. But we cannot lose at Man United. A draw, good result, win, fantastic result. But a draw, I'd take right now. I'd take right now. And we're on good form as well. Uh, three wins out of three. Play that 3-5-2, Conte. Play, play that 3-5-2. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back on Friday, hopefully uh, in a cheery mood, after a Manchester United win. No, no, no. A win at Manchester United. I take that back. I take that back. I'm ill, remember. I'm ill, remember. I'm allowed to. After a win at Manchester United, uh, and then we go on to the next one, Newcastle, and hopefully beat them as well, who they're not too far behind us as well, so that's a big game as well at home. But yeah, we'll be back on Friday, 7.30pm, and if you like a bit of magic as well, Chris's Magic, a bit of a side channel I've got going on, one trick a week, 7.30pm UK time. It's got only a few minutes. Uh, yeah, if you... If, like that then go and check that out and uh yeah simply ace just in the comments we need to win against man united with the way arsenal are going and great show cheers i uh, uh, appreciate it and appreciate everyone watching and commenting and liking and please subscribe as well but until friday come on you spurs come on you spurs Thanks so much for watching, for everybody who joined in the live chat and added comments. Before you go, please leave a like and hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Also, please hit that notification bell. That will give you a notification every time we're about to go live. And it's all completely free. For those who missed the live show, you can catch this whenever you want on Let's Talk Tottenham's YouTube channel. Please also hit the like, subscribe and notification bell. And everybody, please leave feedback, comments, suggestions in the comments section. 
those of you who listen to the audio podcast thank you so much for listening anyone who wants that audio podcast you can pick that up wherever you get your podcast from we're back Mondays 7.30pm UK time and Fridays 12.30pm UK time alternatively if you go to Twitter at Let's Talk Tottenham Instagram Let's Talk Tottenham podcast you can find all the information there anyone who wants something a little bit different also do a magic show so I do one trick a week which drops Wednesday 7.30pm UK time Chris's Magic on YouTube is where you'll find that but in the meantime come on you Spurs <laughs>